Welcome to the Crowd Church Podcast. We are an online church and you are listening to the service that we also live stream on YouTube and Facebook. For more information about Crowd Church, please visit our website at www.crowd.church. Good afternoon and welcome to Crowd Church. Uh, my name is Matt Edmondson and beside me is, well, just as a beautiful man, is Dan Orange. Dan, how are we doing? I'm doing good, thank you. Good, good man. To be here. Yeah, Thanks. first time hosting. Yeah. It is. So be kind to Dan in the comments. That's all I'm saying. Uh, be kind and if gracious you're kind, to him. I may clear my, um, my background. <laughs> we were talking about that when we before we went live i'm like man alive your background is a little bit what we call busy uh so dan where are you exactly i'm in my sort of workshop stoke office and if i swivel around it's even busier so hence the big chair <laughs> and we're trying to cover it all up you're uh yeah yeah, yeah. just let it for those that don't know you just a uh, quick introduction to who you are and i guess what you do and why you've got blue and red boxes behind you Yes, so I'm a, a dad and a husband. I've got two kids, eight and ten, and I run my own business. And we do things like smart lighting and home cinemas in people's houses and some quite fancy, funky stuff. So those boxes are little bits and bobs. Bits and bobs. <laughs> Electronic bits and bobs. And we've yes. known each other, Dan, haven't we, for what can only be described as a very long time. A very long time, yes. A very long time. Yeah, before mates. kids, before marriage. Yeah. Long time. A long old time. And so it's great that we finally managed to get you on to come and host Crowd with us. Uh, so appreciate you being here. Uh, for those of you watching the live stream who are new to the live stream, let me tell you that Crowd is an online church. For those that might not see the point of church, we're a church for those who are just looking for answers about life and faith and meaning. And we say it is a safe space to come and explore the Christian faith. Uh, that's what we're here to do. And we have a little bit of fun at the same time as doing it. And we do all of this online because we're an online church. So hence a reason Dan and I are talking via camera uh, over this. Um, so Matt's in the comments. Evening, Matt. Evening, Tracy. Tracy's in the comments. Sharon's in the comments. Sharon is also moderating for Crowd Church. So again, uh, say hi to Sharon. Uh, and if you would like to join in the comments, please feel the freedom to do so. Say hi. Let us know where you're watching from. It's always great to connect with new people. And if you have any questions or comments as we go through the live stream, again, put them in the comments. Now, Dan, given that this is your first time hosting Crowd with me, you have what we can only be described as the initiation ceremony, which is points to the WhatsApp number. Oh, yes. Can you point to the number on the screen? Oh, your volume's gone, Dan. Uh, your finger's going the wrong way. <laughs> He's struggling. Dan, we can't hear you. Your mic's gone, bud. Uh, you've fallen silent, so you might want to fix that. Anyway, uh, Dan struggled to point to the number whilst he fixes volumes. Let me just fill in a little bit here. He struggled to point to the number, and the reason we get new people to point to the number is because when you look at it on the screen, as Dan looks at this, everything is backwards. And so it becomes very difficult just to do this uh, and point to the number. So uh, the reason we have the WhatsApp number there is simply uh, for you to reach out to us if you've got anything that you want to connect with us over like prayer requests uh, or any comments like that um, that you don't want to put in the comments on social media. Feel free to reach out to us via WhatsApp, which I know some of you have done this week uh, with a whole bunch of prayer requests and we've been praying for you. Let me tell you. Um, so... Is your volume back, Dan? No, nope, you're going to have to fix it, bud. Can't hear you. Just can't hear you. So i tell you what I'm going to do. Whilst you figure that out, I'm going to let everybody know what's happening. Uh, let me do this, actually. Make it slightly less distracting. Let me tell you what's coming up whilst Dan figures out his volume. And I'll know when Dan's volume's fixed because it'll be in my ear. Uh, so it says here, Dan, by the way, if you can hear me, you have muted yourself on my screen somehow. So you need to unmute yourself. Oh, we've got Mark, greetings from Germany. Mark, hello. In fact, let me put that to the board. Uh, board. There we go. 
There we go. Hang on, I'm going to bring Dan back on because uh, I can hear him again. So there we go. There's can you hear Dan. Me now? We can, and he's back. There we go. Hey, the joys well of done. Apple. My phones had switched. My earphones had switched to my phone without knowing. <laughs> Always good. And I had this comment on from. Oh, look, that's really small. Um, so we've got this comment here from Mark. Greetings from Germany. Let me just make that a little bit bigger. There we go. Mark, hi. How are you doing? Uh, like I say, if you are with us, do say hi in the comments. Right, Dan, now you're back. The volume's working. What is going on today? Why don't you tell everybody what's coming up? So we have got, and I believe it's the first time we've got a husband and wife doing a talk, tag teaming. Yeah, so yeah. we've got money, money and Work, James and Hannah Sloan talking to us. And then we're going to be discussing this afterwards in Conversation Street. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We've got that coming up as well. So you and you are not wrong, Dan. It is actually the very first time that we've had a couple tag team a talk. And I've not actually heard this talk yet. Uh, and so I am really curious to see what happens. Um, so I, I, and I know both James and Hannah and they are the most beautiful people. And so I'm really excited to listen to what they've got to say as they sort of talk together about how they deal with money and work. Uh, we are in, or we are in, we, we started a few weeks ago a series called What Does the Bible Say About? Where we looked at the Bible and we asked questions about everyday life, some of the big questions. So, like Dan said this week, what does the Bible say about money and work? So, without further ado, here is Hannah and James, and then Dan and I will be back in just a little while. But remember, as we go through the talk, if we've got any questions, if any stories you want to share, any thoughts, write them in the comments. We would love to hear them. We would. Oh, more tech issues. Hang on, let me just do this. So, money and work, two fairly small topics that we've been asked to talk about today. And we thought we'd do it together as a couple, um, partly because it's great to have two voices um, kind of sharing, but also because money and work we've had to work out together. Um, it's not a decision that I make or a decision that Hannah makes. We have to wrestle with these different kind of topics together and work out how both as a couple and as a family we want to steward um, our money and how we want to manage our work so we thought we'd do this together so i'd like to say first of all we are talking about this in light of the fact that we have made decisions to follow jesus and therefore everything that we do falls in line with that being our highest priority and so we're talking about this as as, as believers as christians as people who want to steward what we've got well um Regardless of whether you follow Jesus or not, there are some great principles in scripture. So if all you take away from this is, is what the Bible says about uh, money and work, then that's great. Um, but if you're thinking about making that decision or have made that decision, then this is what we believe um, God calls us into as, as his people and how we manage our money and our work. So let me start with the first key scripture, which is found in um, the book of Matthew. Matthew 6 comes as part of a series of um, teachings of Jesus, they're called um, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, where he really kind of out outlines how we are to live as his people. Um, and part of that is around money. So I'm going to read to you Matthew 6, um, it's verse 24. It says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Ouch. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's a really difficult one and it's really challenging for everybody, isn't it? Because um, money is a currency that we use to live our lives. We use it for uh, everything, for our home, for our food. Um, and it's a real challenge for us to put God... Um, at the centre of our lives and for him to be our authority on that and for actually him to be our Jehovah Jireh that actually ultimately he is our provider he gives us what we need um and I think about serving both God and money that you cannot serve both that actually if money is your highest priority and that is what you are striving for and you are striving for riches and you are striving for wealth then it's very difficult to be striving equally at the same time. And it's almost it's impossible to be striving for godliness and holiness and a close relationship with Jesus. 
And actually in the verses just before that, he says, um, don't store treasures for yourself on earth where moth and rust destroy, uh, but instead uh, kind of build treasures in heaven, uh, as in have an eternal perspective on the way that you invest your, your money um, and, and how you use it in a godly way in the years that you have on this on this earth. Um, and that's that's a real challenge. I think we are surrounded by money. The mm. whole culture is orientated around consumerism. You know, we've just finished Halloween and almost the next day is Christmas. The shelves are full of Christmas stuff. You know, retail really drives us into spending money on the next thing. Um, and I think we have to be so careful uh, not to be drawn into that world of just throwing our money at the next thing that, that you know the world tells us to but actually having an eternal perspective where can we invest who can we bless who can we be generous towards with the money that we've got as we steward what God has given us mm. um, how can we bless others and be generous with that yeah. the next passage that we that we looked at was in Luke um, 18 um, again this is kind of a passage talking about how we use what we've got how we steward what we've got well um, and it's called the rich ruler <clears throat> So I'm going to just read, it's Luke 18, uh, verses 22 uh, to 25. It says, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And we want to be clear and say, there is nothing wrong with having money. There's nothing wrong with being successful, um, you know, growing your own business or, or having a, a good wage uh, as an employee doing, doing your job. Um, but actually pursuit of wealth can be really dangerous uh, and going after more and more and more. And it almost, it almost feeds into a sense of greed. I think that's really what, what this teaching is saying is, this, this wealthy man was so concerned with what, what he had and that Jesus is saying, you can't take it with you. Mm. Um, so. There's that big contrast, isn't there, with the, the model of the early church in Acts. So in Acts 2, it says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And so that doesn't mean that there wasn't wealthy believers. Of course, there was yeah. extremely wealthy, wealthy believers. Um, but... They sold their property and possession to anyone that was in need. So actually that contrast of um, giving and generosity and tithing is kind of a blessing from God to help us not get in the situation where money becomes an idol. The kind of the instruction of generosity, of blessing others um, is given to be a blessing to us, actually. If we are generous with others, if we um, help others, if we give to anyone who has need um, and if we surrender our money because our what we've got is god-given then actually if we are open-handed with what we've got and are generous with with what we've got god can use that um and god can use it in a way that he he wants it to be used Mm. and it is that contrast isn't it yeah yeah and i love the fact in the early church that those who had money brought it in and just kind of put it into a pot Um, now that'd be very hard to live in that way today but some of the principles are the same. You know, through the church, we see people giving um, gifts, whether that's a one-off or a monthly amount, into the church to, to further the work of the church. And, and as a church, we have run something called Imagine If, which is a, the charity that I manage. And re- we're really outworking that that generosity from the church. We're going out to make sure that people have homes, um, you know, roofs over their head, that they have food when they're hungry, that they have, you know, clothes, and basically trying to steward the the the, the wealth and the generosity of the church to give in to those who are without. Um, it's been a call all throughout scripture to God's people to look after the, the poor, the orphan, the widow, um, the stranger in the land, what we would call as a you know, refugee asylum seekers today. We have a, a biblical mandate to look after those people. Mm. Um, and if we believe that, that wealth is our own, we should store it. We're missing out on what God's calling us to do by, by yeah. saving those people who are really on his heart. So, that contrast of the Acts church and, and the, the, the wealthy rich man is a really good one. I think that's a really good point as well about stewarding it, that actually it's not about how much you have at all. Um, you may have millions or you may have um, £50 in the bank, but actually it's about how we steward what we've got. And that can go far beyond money, can't it? It can go with regards to our home, with regards to our car, with regards to our possessions. 
with regards to our children, how we steward our children because they are God given. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually it's it's far more reaching and it's far more challenging with regards to just generally how do we steward our lives and how do we steward the things that God has blessed us with um, and are we stewarding that in in a holy way, um, in a way that glorifies God and that actually shows his goodness. Um, and that's a challenge, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, that's money. So it's about work. There's nothing wrong with working really hard though, right? Of course not. We can... <laughs> We can work every hour of the day. We can give ourselves fully to our work because the Bible doesn't say anything particular about work. Or does it? Go on. So it says, work for six days and rest the seventh so your ox and donkey may rest and your servant and migrant workers may have time to get their needed rest. And that's in Exodus 23. So God doesn't just advocate rest. He commands it. And, you know, he shows us that he rested on the seventh day that actually rest isn't something that we just can opt in and out of that actually our body and our minds um they need rest rest is is important and it's important that we partake in rest actually it's an active choice to rest and and not to do especially in this culture and this society yeah it's interesting we do a lot of work in the congo um and they don't have the same sense of wages and salaries that we do so Mm. Many people in the UK are paid a salary to do a certain amount of hours. Um, so actually that sense of rest is a little bit different. Um, but I think when you go to a lot of developing nations, you see people having to work every hour that they can. Mm-hmm. So often from from kind of daybreak, you know, right up until sunset, they are trying to do as much as they can. They're trying to work and toil and, and, and get some income to cover their, their needs. Um, so actually in, in those countries, to choose to come to church on a Sunday it's actually an active choice not to work so they're actually choosing to rest but actually choosing to sabbath is what is called in the old testament um and therefore trusting god that he will provide for them even if they're doing less work um which is a bit of a different concept to us because we get paid a set wage in many in many aspects regardless of how many hours we work Um, but i find it really interesting seeing how few men in congo come to church compared to women because they're the ones out earning and the ones that do come are the ones who are actively choosing to say, God, I trust you mm. that you're going to provide for me and my family because I'm giving you this time. I'm, I'm making space in my, in my week um, to come to church and to serve and, and to rest and to mm. replenish. Um, so that's a really interesting kind of cultural mm. difference that we don't quite see here. And there's that big um, link, isn't there, between choosing rest and choosing to trust that God is ultimately our provider mm. and ultimately the person that that provides for us and then that's quite stark and it's quite something that's quite evident in mm. in certain countries over mm. perhaps perhaps the uk yeah and i think the bible really advocates work um you know we're called to work to to use what we've been gifted um mm. both to kind of help the economy work and to flourish but also um to give something that God has given us to, to use our gifts in the best of our ability. Yeah. Um, but, but both work and money can become idols. You know, I think there's been a, a big shift towards rest, partly because so many businesses have overdone it um, and called employees. I think Goldman Sachs was one recently called, who were asking their employees to work 80 hour weeks. Um, and that almost becoming a norm. That's crazy, mm. an 80 hour week. Um, so I think work and money can both become massive idols. I think the call from scripture is to be generous with your money and to to, to create Sabbath in your work, um, both allowing for well-being, yeah. um, but also to, to kind of allow for a point of trust and faith that God will provide for you, even when you, you know, do less and give money away. Yeah, that he will still, And that's been our journey that we've seen both in our money yeah. and our work. Yeah. Um, interesting God. Do you want to share about our Sabbath routine that we're trying to work on? Yeah, and I think it's really important that God gives us free will in that, that he's not um, a strict, angry God who is prescriptive about how we do Sabbath or prescriptive about how we, how generous we are or to who um, we may be generous to, but that he allows us freedom to move in that and so we have been exploring how sabbath rest or resting might look like to us as a family so um over the last um month or two we have been a little bit more intentional about 
from a Saturday night to a Sunday evening, um, lighting our candles, um, ensuring that we are talking more about Jesus in our general conversations, how we are kind of um, cultivating, hopefully, uh, with ourselves and our three kids, a spirit of thankfulness in that time. Um, and how we are allowing ourselves to rest. Um, and that will look different from different people. So for us, or for me particularly, it's kind of maybe resting from social media, resting from looking at my phone, resting from checking my emails, um, and resting from physical housework as well, apart from the essential stuff that you need to do um, as you've got three kids running around. But on a Saturday, I've been more intentional about ensuring that I'm getting the laundry done and then getting the laundry put away. So that actually from Saturday night to Sunday evening, we can enjoy rest that is very specific to us so as extroverts rest for us is being with people it's going to church it's worshiping god it's um experiencing actually probably a relatively busy household mm. but that for us blesses us and it's also how we get rest so rest looks so different and sabbath will look so different to, to different people and to different families um but it's been really a real blessing to be able to explore um, how we, as our family, as our unique family, get that rest. Yeah. And it's brilliant that God allows us to to do that and for that to look unique and different. Yeah, I think often we talk about work-life balance. I think it's actually more important to talk about work-rest balance. Because um, mm -hmm. actually for me, rest doesn't look like sitting on the couch with my feet up. I actually find more rest in mowing the lawn. I really like putting stripes on the lawn. It just gives me something <laughs> peaceful and joyous within um, I like doing DIY tasks. I like to hoover the car and clean the car. I feel rested when those little jobs are done. I can sit and, and enjoy enjoy them. So actually rest looks different for everyone. Mm -hmm. Having a work-rest balance is, is really important. Um, and finding for you and you know your significant others or your family what that rest looks like. Our kids are seven, six and two. So trying to have a peaceful Sunday is just not going to happen. So we've had to find a way to do rest with them. Um, which means a family film time and lunch with other people. Mm -hmm. um, and that is actually really restful because it's a, a break in the normal routine. Um, so it, it's really good to kind of discern and work out what that might look like for us, um, well, in, in each of your contexts. Um, I think also just reflecting on money and how we trusted God with our money, we were just chatting before. Um, it's easy to think that generosity is for those who have and if you've got lots of money it's easy to be generous but actually yeah. you know I'm only earning a small amount and, and all my bills are going up I can't possibly give anything away but I think we've seen in those moments when you choose to trust God that through cr crazy different ways we've had mm -hmm. tenfold back um, and even through lockdown because of Hannah's self-employed work um, on a bit of a technicality she didn't qualify for any of the self-employed support schemes so for quite a while we were just kind of having to get by on whatever we could and luckily we spent a lot less we weren't going out as much but um our income dropped significantly uh, mm -hmm. for quite a long time and then as we came out of lockdown uh and insurance that we've been paying into said we paid too much and just gave us a full rebate back of a few thousand pound that more than covered what yeah. we've been earning um and it's just amazing how God in the little things will provide when you continue. Because we kept giving throughout that season, even though our income dropped, we just thought, no, it's right to keep giving, to keep sowing into the things that we're passionate about. Um, even though it costs us much more, I think the, the myth that generosity can only happen when you've got money it is not true at all. I think God sees and rewards um, the faithfulness of your, of your giving um, regardless of your situation. Anything yeah. else you want to add? No, I think that's I think that's most of kind of what we want to get across today is that link between generosity and rest. And also, I think just the um, open handedness and the kind of the surrender that we have with with all areas of our lives that we we as followers of Jesus want to have um, that actually as we um, give to God our work, we give to God our rest and we give to God the money that we have that actually God can do immeasurably more with that than we can ask or than we can ever imagine yeah. and just having that faith in Jesus that he can do more with our skills more with our talents more with our money more with our time of rest than than we can imagine than we can think of and actually just mindfully um, and kind of consciously surrendering those things to him and it might be 
that you do that daily. It might be that it's just an occasional thing when it comes to mind, but just saying, you know, God, that this is what I've got in my bank now is yours. How do you want us to use it? Or as I go into work today, the talents that you have given me or the skills that you've given me, they are yours, God. Please yeah. show me how you want me to use those things today. And just being actively surrendering um, yourself to Jesus and that he is able to do so much more than we can do. I think we're called to be set apart. You know, it's a weird saying this as people who've, who've chosen to live a lifestyle that is surrendered to Jesus um, and wanting to see his kingdom come in every aspect of our lives. And that means letting money and work come second, third, fourth in our lives um, rather than being the top thing. So choosing to tithe, to give away our money and choosing to create Sabbath and create rest are ways of stopping those things becoming idols in our life because we don't want any other idol. Um, mm. We only want to look at Jesus in our lives, and that's the decision that we've made. And we don't um, always get it right. We don't. <laughs> and from it, and you know. um, we are all learning together, and we are all allowing ourselves to um, ask God to give us the mind of Christ. And mm. sometimes we don't listen well enough, and we don't choose what actually, on a later day, we think, gosh, I wish I'd, have, I'd listened to you, Holy Spirit, better in that moment, or I'd... Um, done something different in that moment mm. none of us are gonna get that all right but it's a journey with jesus isn't it? it's a journey of learning how to listen and how to love him more um how to allow him to love us and and to kind of to live in that place mm. and to live surrendered and it's a journey that all of us are on yeah and if it all sounds too much think where can you start you know, if this all sounds a bit overwhelming, well, what, what, where could you start? What's the next thing that you could do? Who could you chat to? You know, get in touch with the Crowd Church team. We'd love to talk to you more about it. Um, but what's the next step? What's the next conversation that might help move this forward? So um, we hope that's been interesting uh, and covered a little bit of what the Bible says, but also how we've outworked that um, as a couple. And um, we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye. Awesome. Thank you, James. Thank you, Hannah. What did you think? The first couple talk on crowd. It was actually quite interesting watching them just talk, talk it through, wasn't there, together as a couple. I quite enjoyed that. So what does the Bible say about money and work? That was the topic that James and Hannah has introduced. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into your questions, your comments. Uh, we're going to get into the whole thing in Conversation Street in just a few minutes time. Uh, we're going to we're going to ask questions like, what is, when they were talking about tithing, what does that mean? And they, they said phrases like, money can be an idol. What does that mean? Uh, and we're, going to, we're, going, we're just going to get into it. I'm going to enjoy this conversation. Dan and I will be uh, back for Conversation Street. But in the meantime, uh, we are going to have a time of worship and reflection right now. So this is a part of the service where we play uh, a, a song. Uh, we'll put the words, the lyrics up on the screen and you can join along if you are able, sing uh, or just read the words and just think about them and what they mean. This song is called uh, By Grace Alone and grace, especially in the context of work and money, is quite important because grace is sort of God's unmerited favour. It's kind of God does it whether you deserve it or whether you don't. And the reality of it is you don't. And God kind of blesses you and he favours you and you don't deserve it. So when this song's singing about grace, that's what it's talking about, uh, which is why we can we can do some of the things that James and Hannah mentioned. So as I said, we're going to get into that a whole lot more in just a few minutes time. But here is our time of worship and reflection. And we'll be back very, very shortly. I was an orphan lost at the fall Running away when I'd hear you call Father, you work your will I had no righteousness of my own I had no right to journey your throne But Father, you love me still And in love before you laid the world's foundation Destined to adopt me as your own You have raised me up so high above my station 
I'm a child of God by grace and grace alone. You left your home to seek out the lost. You knew the great and terrible cost. But Jesus, your face was set. I worked my fingers down to the bone Nothing I did could ever atone Jesus, you paid my debt By your blood I have redemption and salvation Lord, you died that I might reap what you have sown And you rose that I might be a new creation I am born again by grace and grace alone. I was in darkness all of my life. I never knew the day from the night. Spirit, you made me see. I swore I knew the way on my own. A head full of rocks, a heart made of stone. Spirit, you moved. At your touch, my sleeping spirit was awakened. On my darkened heart, the light of Christ has shown. Called into a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Heaven citizen by grace and grace alone. Yes, I'll stand in faith by grace and grace alone. I will run this race by grace and grace alone. I will reach the end by grace and grace alone. Heaven citizen by grace and grace alone. Very good. Very that good. Was really good. Did you enjoy that talk? I did enjoy that talk, yeah. And that song as well, I'd not heard before. That, Have you not? Um, oh, I love that song, By Grace that, and Grace. Alone. A, I think John's done yeah, a good version of it. Yeah, work my fingers to the bone, but you pay my debt. Mm. That's quite apt for what we're talking about. Yeah, it is. It is well spotted. Yeah. And it is worth saying, actually, if you uh, do like the worship that we do at Crowd, um, the songs that we play, you can access the CrowdTube uh, worship playlist. Uh, Crowdtube, uh, the Crowd Church playlist on YouTube is what I meant to say. Um, you can uh, access those songs and listen to them to your heart's content, as I know many of you have done. So uh, that and including that song is up there. So uh, by all means, access it. So Dan, I want to get into this whole thing about work and money. Um, you run your own business. I run my own business. We have some things to just to, to sort of talk about where work's concerned. Because I'm sure we've definitely not got it all right. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure we've not got it all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is an apt conversation. But before we get into it, I do want to um, just think about some of the things that James and Hannah said. And and if you're new to church, I just want to bring a bit of clarity around some of the terminology that they used in their talk. So, Dan, are you ready for the questions? You, I'm going to tell you the words. You've got to explain what it means. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've got three here, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tithe. Two at least. Yes, what does tithe, tithe mean? That was one of the she mentioned a lot. Yes, I'd, I'd written that down and thought, hmm. Yeah, tithe is it's a principle that was started in the Old Testament to give away basically a tenth of what you earn. And um, a lot of people now do that now. So they might give a, a minimum of 10% or more. But every week, however you want to do it, it's uh, an amount that you say to yourself, to God, to your family you know you're in partnership with this that we're mm. going to give this amount of money away and some weeks that's easy some weeks that's <laughs> not so easy especially and when you're self-employed right indeed yes because um salaries don't come in straight lines they go up and down <laughs> yes i know exactly what yeah. you mean anybody that runs their own business watching this now knows exactly what you mean uh it does go up and down so to tithe is to give away 10 percent of your 
income, right? So uh, what do you think Hannah meant when she talked about, um, and James actually talked about money being an idol? Yeah. Um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because it often gets said around, oh, uh, money's the root of all evil, but we forget the 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 little word just beforehand that says the love of money. So this mm -hmm. money being not just, we need it. Without money, we can't live. Um, but if we love it, if it's the only thing that we're concentrating on, if it, we put it above God and we put it above, above other stuff, then I believe that's an idol and that just gets in the way, really messes things up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd agree. And I've just put that verse actually up on the screen. The love of money is the root of all evil is um, from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, if you want to know where that's from. Um, and Paul talks about that. But it's interesting, isn't it, this whole idea, this concept of money being an idol, something that we worship. Um, and this is not terminology I think we would use in modern day vernacular. Uh, but actually, it, it is what people are doing. And it's, and I running my own business, it actually it becomes very tempting. I have to be honest with you, mm -hmm. to put money as the be-all and end-all. You know, you run a business to make profit. It's what you do. Um, at least that's what I was told at school, you know, uh, in economics. You run a business to make profit. Um, but actually, that whole chasing after money, this is a thing that the Bible says yeah. is not great. And, and like you say, the love of money is a root of all evil. So what do you think Hannah and James meant? Because, again, another word they used a lot was this word steward which I yes, thought was a really word. interesting <laughs> yeah. word. I was on your list as well, was it? It was, yeah. <laughs> on the same wavelength. Yeah, um, it's a word that I suppose we're used to hearing, aren't we? Mm. Um, perhaps in church it always gets said, oh, steward your money. Um, yeah, we've got money. You know, we're here, we're in a Western society, we have money and we can spend it on pretty much anything. And mm. so to me, to be a good steward is where am I di directing that money? Is it for our basic necessities? Is it for fun? Um, is it for going eating out, friends? Is it for giving away? Um, where where are our priorities with mm. the money? I suppose that would be my yeah yeah my take on it. No, I agree, and it's a lot like the idea um, when you steward something, you in your head you don't own it; you're looking after it, and I think. Yeah, I think that's an, the important principle here, isn't it? Like, um, I steward my kids. Is is you know, parenting is about stewarding your kids. I don't own them; they're not my property. But I, there's a period of time where I have to steward them well, uh, and I have to get them from you know birth to being able to be at least a competent human being in life, really. <laughs> and so, um, and that whole process of stewardship, it's like God has entrusted them to me. And I have to look after them for this period of time. And it's the same with money, isn't it? That um, that God entrusts things to you and you have to steward them well. Uh, and I think, um, I wonder sometimes how much, uh, how much God looks at how we do steward what has been given to us and whether that has any implications on whether he gives more stuff to us if we steward it well, if he can trust us with it. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's an interesting yeah, one, a, isn't it? Yeah, it's that parable, parable isn't there, where um, he gives some money to a um, son and the son just goes and buries it and thinks, well, mm. at least I've kept it safe. I'm just going to give it back later on. But then other sons go out and actually do something with it, mm. which could be risky. They could invest in something, but it's where's your heart as well yeah. in, giving, in, in using that that mm. we've been given. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? It is interesting because like running a business, you know, running your own company, you are um, you are investing, you are stewarding the gifts that God has given you to create the income and to pay the mortgage and do you know what I mean? All that sort of stuff. Mm. And it actually doesn't sound very holy to pay the mortgage, but actually it, it, you know, it's a very godly thing to buy a house. And it's just, you know, we, it's just nice. Uh, we talked about it in Frontline this morning. You know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So the other phrase that Hannah used that I just wanted to um, clarify, because I think these are important things. She said, if you perceive or if you believe that God is Jehovah Jireh. Now, Jehovah Jireh means the God who provides. Um, so Jehovah just means God. It's God's name. 
Um, Jireh means the provision. So Jehovah Jireh is a God who provides. In other words, one of the names of God is, and one of the promises of God is that he will provide for us. And that he doesn't necessarily provide everything that we want, which I've discovered because I really want an Aston Martin for no apparent reason other than I just want one. I don't have one. Uh, my wife won't let me buy one. I don't even have the money to buy one if I did. But anyway, um, so God doesn't necessarily give you everything that you want, but um, he does meet all of our needs, uh, doesn't he? And um, I don't know, Dan, if you, have you have you found that throughout your Christian life, that actually when it comes to having your needs met, God's always been faithful? Yeah, all, all the time. And I went from, left school and then worked for a big company, Ford. You might have heard of them, they're quite large. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, got a Ford, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then went to uni and worked for another big company, BT, also quite big. Um, and so I just got a salary. And sometimes you think, oh, this is, is God providing? You know, BT, Ford, they're providing. Um, and then I worked for myself. And it was a bit more nitty gritty. Oh, I need to get in there. And um, I don't know what's going to come in next week. But, you know, it, when I look back on it, sometimes it's easier being self-employed to trust God because I have to, I've got nothing else to fall back on. Um, but God provided through BT just as much as he did through mm. work, working for myself. He always has. Mm. Um, with provision for... I know I, I bought a house a few years ago, well, quite a few years ago, 15 years ago, and um, I needed lodgers, and it was actually Matt said to me, oh, there's a guy called Pete. <laughs> he needs somewhere to live. So he came. I remember it well. And he was one of my lodgers. So, yeah, various different ways he's always provided. Mm. And I, I think that's, um, I think the more you walk with God, the more that becomes your story, actually, you see God doing what can only be described as a miraculous in terms of provision for you. Yeah. Um, there's a wonderful verse in the Bible which says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And um, I think that in effect is God's promise that he won't leave you. He won't forsake you. Um, one of the comments here's, that, go on. I've gone, here's, here's a strange one that, um, so it's not always money. So I love tech. Uh, my job is tech. I love gadgets and things like that. And they, they nothing wrong money. with that, Dan. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Um, but I got a job where I get to play with amazing tech. I get to put in home cinemas and fancy lights and see nice cars and all that kind of stuff. Is that, you know, it might not be money provided to me, but it still gives me that buzz. Mm. It was a provision from God. So, mm. yeah, mm. He, he answers our prayers in different ways. He does, and it's the ability. I think uh, the ability to see that is quite, uh, quite interesting. Jenna, Gemma Orange, who uh, is a relation to you, uh, yes, as just my written, sister-in-law, geeks. She's just called as geeks uh, in the comment. That's fine. I'll take that. I'll take that, Gemma. That's not a problem. Uh, so, one of the questions that we put up: How do you feel about the concept of work? Is it positive or negative? A gift from God or a chore? That's a really great question. Yeah. So, how do you how do you perceive work? I mean, Dan, what do you think about work? Do you and let, let's get the the standard question out of the way. Yeah. Is it exciting and fun all of the time? No, no. <laughs> but it can be exciting and fun. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it is a slog. Um, sometimes when, like tomorrow, I'll be on a building site. It's cold. My feet are cold. My head's cold. And like, hmm, but, it, it, you know, it's still fun. It's still, mm. it's work. And I know work is a purpose as well, isn't it? Mm. Um, without that, what do we, um, what we're about? I think mm. God made us to work. I think it's part of who we are. It drives our minds, mm. drives our, our bodies. Yeah. But very, very interesting, interesting also thing. how much the talk Hannah and James talked about rest mm. even though it was about work yeah and there's this really interesting contrast isn't there and it's the same with money you can have money 
uh, but you need to give it away. That's God's principle, right? You, and we need to be generous with the money and not hold on to it like our life depends on it, right? And if we feel like God's telling us to give it, we need to be able to do that with a generous and free heart. Conversely, we have work and we're supposed to work, but at the same time, we're supposed to rest. So we have money, we give it away. We're supposed to work, but we have rest. And there are these really interesting tensions in Scripture um, in the Bible that God talks about uh, when it comes to these principles. And um, yeah, I, I, one of my favorite scriptures that I sort of think about on a regular basis is what it is in Colossians. And it says, whatever you do, talking about your job, whatever your job is, do it as unto the Lord. Right. In other words, um, when I worked for people in the past, you know, before I worked for myself, uh, you know, you you talked about working for BT and, and it's like, yes, BT paid your salary, but you. You have to you have to see it as working unto the Lord, not just working yeah, for the general absolutely. manager at BT, right? Mm. And did you? But what does that mean to you? As in, you know, when when we talk about working as unto the Lord, what do you? How do you understand that? Um, for me, it was working, working as if God was my boss. So, if my could I do something half heartedly? Could I do something where there we go? that's enough that'll do um or can i do it to the best of my abilities uh, even my, if my boss wasn't great or mm. i'm to be honest or my bosses were just if anyone from bt is <laughs> 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 they're all pretty good um but yeah it didn't really matter i i wasn't working i wasn't actually working for them i was working mm. for god to do my best mm. um to do a great job <laughs> Um, Hannah, I think it was Hannah mentioned about skills that God has given us um, skills so let's use those and increase them um, yeah yeah that's really interesting and I think that and you can work as unto the Lord whether you do voluntary work um, you can work as unto the Lord whether you pay work whether you're self-employed mm -hmm. And I think that is such an important thing. The thing that you said that you're working for God, and that's a good way to think about it. God sees what's going on. And you're you're to do this as you are working unto the Lord, right? Mm. Don't shirk. Don't flat. And that actually comes back to this whole idea of working hard. And um, do you, if I was to ask you, Dan, do you feel like you work hard? Maybe I should ask Lisa, actually. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if Lisa's watching, answer in the comments. Does Dan work hard? Question number two, does Dan work too hard? Uh, <laughs> but do you think you work well, hard? No, I do think I work hard, yeah. And I was just thinking, as you were talking then, is you mentioned before about, um, who was it, KPMG or something like that, working like 80 hours a 80 hours a week yeah um is that is that working hard what about their lives um outside of work what about their family mm. that's work mm. and i talked about you know getting all the um dishes done and getting the clothes clothes washed and stuff ready for school and things like that that's that's work can we yeah can we iron as if to god mm. you know um yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it as in um so working as unto the lord or working hard i think what we're saying is doesn't mean working 80 hour weeks um no. and uh in fact i think it's james called it i liked it he changed it from the work life balance to the work rest balance which we're going to get into i see lisa's in the comments uh, and she <laughs> said good questions um he works very hard with a smiley face i'm sure i'm sure he does um uh, and Gemma's just written iron, smiley face. Yeah, oh, she called us lovely so geeks as well. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine you do any ironing, to be honest with you, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So we work hard, we work as unto the Lord, um, and work is a godly thing, right? Uh, just as money is good, but also money can be bad. Work is good, work can also be bad. It can cause good things in life. It can cause bad things in life. I think work and money both come from God. I think God provides for us. Um, and I think, you know, if you read the story of Adam and Eve before the fall, before there was sin, before the whole world plunged into utter chaos, there was work. Uh, and they had to work hard and tend the garden. That's what they did. That was their, their role, their responsibility. So uh, I often say I think there's going to be work in heaven, Um 
And uh, I'm quick to point out to my kids if they're watching, that doesn't mean there'll be homework in heaven, but there will be work in heaven. Um, so this idea of rest, let's talk about that a little bit. Do you do the whole Sabbath thing? Um, yes, but not in a not in a formal way. But consciously, probably two, three years ago, I felt that I was working too much. Mm. I put it down to, well, it's a new business. Things have got to do this, got to do that. And work just went through every day. Um, so there wasn't really a weekend. Um, not that I didn't do stuff with family, and um, but it was always there in the back of my mm. mind. So consciously, consciously now, the weekend, it is a... Um, as much as possible, turn off all the different contacts and, you know, how people can contact through business. Mm. Um, I have a job where I do get emergency call outs. So things like that have to be there, but yeah, consciously over the weekend it is, it is off. Mm. Um, and, and then it'd be more family focused work. Mm. It'd be interesting. James mentioned, you know, he likes to DIY because that's different to work. Whereas, my DIY is getting the tools out of the out of the van into the house. You're like, not always. It's like a busman's holiday. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? It's always the always yeah. the last house to work on. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? I I think the whole idea of Sabbath. I think we the Sharon put it in the comments um, earlier on. There's two great books to read. One by Tim Keller. Um, and one by a chap called Mon uh, John Mark Comer. And John Mark Comer wrote a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And this is a book all about the biblical mandate of Sabbath. In other words, what the Bible talks about and why you should rest and what really you should rest from. And it is a phenomenal book to read. And we read that a few years ago, and I was greatly challenged by that book. Um, and so we... Uh, we have been a little bit more structured about Sabbath in our house. Um, I don't think we've got it right yet at all by any stretch of imagination because we. I felt, well, Sharon uh, is, is probably better to say the voice of my conscience, also known as Sharon, um, felt that we needed to be a bit more structured. And I think she was right, actually, um, in our Sabbath. So I'm aware of time. Let me just run through uh, quick fire rounds. Um, I want to answer some of the questions that have been sent in. Um, because I think it's it's uh, it's worth going through. Is wealth so? What does what does God say about financial blessing? Is wealth a sign of God's favor? Now I want to get into this because there is something called in Christian circles the prosperity gospel, and it is the belief that if you give ten percent of your money, uh, then you can take certain Bible verses and you can pray and believe God that he will return to you a hundredfold, right? In other words, I give uh, 10 pounds and God is, or $10, and God is going to restore that back to me a hundredfold. So I'm going to get back a thousand, right? And this whole idea of giving to get so I can create massive amounts of wealth for myself so I can live in a bigger house and drive a fancier car. Um, I'm not convinced that is the purpose of money uh and i'm it seems convinced... slightly skewed with other verses in the it does the a little box, bit doesn't it? yeah it seems slightly skewed with my understanding of god i think god does provide for us and i think wealth can come from god um and De deuteronomy 8 8 says remember the lord your god for it's he that gives you the power to get wealth uh, but for me i think that's outworked through my business same with you dan you know that's the power to get wealth um so I, I don't think wealth is a right of a Christian. And I don't think that money is a sign of God's blessing. I, in other words, if I have more money than you, Dan, or Dan, you have more money than me, that's probably more accurate. Say you've got more money than me. Um, I don't think that means God has blessed you more than he has blessed me. Do you see what I mean? I don't think the size of our bank account is the, is the size Absolutely of God's not. blessing. No, no. Are you, are you you're in agreement? I'm very much in agreement, yeah. Awesome. That's the main thing. Especially when we think about our friends over in the Congo with work that James does with Imagine If. Man, some of the stories coming out of there, you can definitely, one thing you can say is God is working amongst the people, but financial wealth compared to what we have in the West, 
man alive you know i think um i i think it's very very uh i think it's hard to say things and i think as christians we can default to this you know this whole idea of oh i've got money therefore i'm blessed i feel well therefore i'm blessed you know we look at these things hashtag blessed yeah yeah um and we did a talk on that actually in crowd a few a, a few months ago if you want to go check it out i don't think these things are a sign of god's blessing um i think they may come from god they may not but god blesses us anyway mm-hmm. So it's worth pointing out, uh, does the Bible promise wealth? No, but the Bible does promise that God will meet all of our needs. Uh, Philippians 4, uh, he meets all of our needs according to his riches in glory. Gemma's put in the comments, hashtag blessed. (laughs) Brilliant. You beat me. Uh, So um, what are some of the biblical principles for how we can use our money wisely? Um, So number one would be what, Dan? Giving. Giving, absolutely. Giving. That's what James and Hannah focused on, isn't it? Yeah. Become generous. Yeah. Best thing about having money is to be able to give it away. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. Is that a, I was just about to say, is that a a Western prosperity thing? I don't think so. I think if you've got nothing and someone can come for tea and share, you know, what little you have with you, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it is a blessing to be able to, to give to others. It really is. And I think that's such an important point. It's not just about giving away money. It's about giving away and being generous with what God has given to you. So that includes your money, but it includes your house, having people around for dinner. It includes um, time. time. Mm. Jinx, (laughs) as my daughter would say. I always I always remember the talk. uh, Be generous with your time, your treasure, your talent and your tongue. I think there were four. I can't remember. You know, they, they all like these alliterations. So be generous with your time, be generous with your talent, i.e. your gifts, and be generous with your treasure, i.e. your money, and be generous with your tongue. Encourage people. Just be, just say really nice things to people, and you'll be amazed at what happens when you do. Um, so be generous. Anything else on biblical uh, principles to deal with your money? Um, I think just don't make it as important. The big thing is, don't make it as important as God, mm-hmm. <laughs> have God at the top, money and works down yeah. the line. Yeah. yeah, get it balanced. I think get it mm-hmm. get it positioned right in your head. Um, uh, what does the Bible say about borrowing and lending? And what does the Bible say about budgeting? I think you know what. I'm just aware of time. These are really, very, very big questions. Uh, what I'm going to suggest you do. Uh, maybe we'll look at this actually uh, in a bit more detail further down the line. So do stay connected with us. Um, but I think just to sort of summarize very quickly, Hannah talked about stewarding. And I think fundamentally, budgeting, borrowing money, you've got to ask yourself a question. How well am I stewarding what God has given me? Um, and you've got to look at why you want to borrow the money. If I want to, if I want to borrow money to go buy a brand new car, is that really a be- the best way to steward what God's given me? I don't know. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying bring it back to the basic principles of generosity and stewardship and just not putting God, uh, um, not putting money first, but God first. Um, and, you know, not just buying stuff and being caught up into the whole consumer thing just because everybody else is doing it. Um, it's a very hard thing to do to keep up with the Joneses. Uh, and it's not it's not it's not fun. So uh, Sharon's put here in the comments, Second Corinthians 9, 8, let me add it to the broadcast. Um, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That's such a great promise to end on right there. Dan, how have you found it, bud? You enjoyed it? I have enjoyed it, yes. Goes yeah. by quick, eh? Great. Yeah, it does goes by really quick so you did all right you did all right for the first time well done mr orange and i like i like the fact lisa was in the comments as well uh so next time you host and i'm aware that lisa's in the comments i'm going to ask lisa some questions about you uh, and we'll find out the answers um uh, which will be great so uh thank you dan for joining me now can you tell the beautiful people uh watching the live stream what is coming up next week i can because i wrote it down (laughs) <laughs> we've got the amazing phil watson is going to talk about um kids so um what does god say about children which would be pretty awesome i think 
you know Phil Watson is just going to mm. be is just going to be a whole. A whole if, uh, Phil, Phil spoke at Crowd before. He's hosted at Crowd before. Um, he's uh, he's one of the loveliest people that I know. Real genuine guy. Real heart for fostering and adopting, uh, and just more often than not very funny um, uh, with it as well. I'm I'm slightly envious of his, of his humour uh, abilities. But yeah, Phil is coming next week to talk about what the Bible said about kids, which is gonna be. As Gemma's put here in the comments, what an absolute treat. You're going to need extra time, yes. <laughs> That's very, yes, very true. I don't know how he's going to slim that down to 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, no, he's very good with his talks, Phil. When in oh, the past, okay. What Phil does is he sends you five video clips, uh, and they're like two minutes long, and he has another thought, and he'll record another video clip. And so then we give it to Josh um, Catchpole, who who does all the video editing behind the scenes. And he, he Josh is just, he looks at them for like 20 minutes going, what, how, no, how, what? <laughs> uh, so James and Hannah, they just record in one take. Phil, that would just be too straightforward for Phil. Uh, and okay. so I um, dare say, right. yeah, Phil will be out and about and every clip will be in a different location uh, as his brain is processing. Uh, it's just brilliant how his, how his mind works. So looking forward to that. Uh, so that's coming up next week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the week after, I mentioned that to you. Let's. Did you write that? Yeah, down? we got. Yeah, John Harding talking about angels. That's yeah. I'm looking forward to that. That's, that's gonna be a good one, isn't it? What does the Bible good, yeah. say about angels? Which yeah. is very apt around Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to get into that, which I'm I'm really stoked about. Actually, it's one of the big questions we keep getting asked. And um, what does the Bible say about angels? So. Uh, I'm sorry if we didn't get to all of your questions today. The comments were busy. The, the questions that had come in were full and fast. Um, and we tried our best, Dan. We did our best. Uh, we did. And so, yes, um, Gemma says here, Dan, you were amazing. Um, Lisa says it's going to be fun next time when I ask her lots of questions, <laughs> uh, which it will be. I have absolutely no doubt. So, yes. So do stay with us. Make sure you subscribe to us on either YouTube or Facebook uh, and you'll be notified every time we go live, especially if you hit that little notification button. Um, and if you go to our website, www.crowd.church, you will be able to sign up to the email. And we just email out literally once a week, letting you know what's coming up. And when we go live, do please sign up to that. One of the really interesting little reports, Dan, is um, this week we went over 100,000 views on YouTube. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's all right. That's all right yeah. for, a, for a little yeah. online church as we are. So if you are watching us on Catch Up on YouTube, uh, it's been great that you've connected with us. Thanks for joining. Thanks for subscribing. Uh, we are going to close out the live stream here. The way we do this is we're going to play another worship song. Again, feel the freedom to join along singing. Uh, Dan and I will be in the comments if you just want to hang around and chat. Uh, we'll be there for a few more minutes. Uh, but we are closing with, and I'm desperately trying to remember the name of the song. And it's uh, God Be Our Guide. Yeah, yeah, sorry. No, no, I I got it. Uh, God Be Our Guide, which is actually a song, an original song by John Farrington, talking about how God just leads us and guides us in life. And it's it's top banana when you do. I don't think he put those lyrics in there, but that's he should have put those lyrics in there, I think. Uh, So, uh, Dan, anything else from you, bud? No, thank you very much for having me. That'd be um, great. Yeah, looking forward to next week. Yeah, we'll have you back soon. All right, bless you, everybody. Have a fantastic week. Uh, and join. do join us next week uh, as we start to enter the Christmas season. I'm very excited. Uh, we had snow. We had snow in Liverpool today. And I, I just feel all kinds of Christmassy. So do come and join us. God bless you. Uh, and bye for now. See
When you speak, it is a lamp unto my feet, and in perfect peace your spirit counsels me. You go before me to prepare what I can't see. You search me and know me. You lead me in mercy. Oh God. Say.